just a couple of quick things. Uh, Frankie and Jake, you need to get back and sit back down. I know you went to leave now, so just sit, sit, sit back down on the couch, please. And uh, Miriam, just wake up Joe right now. If you'd wake him up, that'd be great. Good. Um, hey, this is different. This is weird. Um, but uh, here's what we know is that when God, God's word goes out, it is powerful. And what I want to do is I want to take what we did last week on fear and worry and kind of give you a part two. Um, And as we've already uh, as as we've already sung, um, the theme is going to be um, what does it mean for us to believe that God is sovereign? um, And at the same time, uh, we're dealing with the uncertainty that all of us are experiencing right now. I want to start with uh, just. One of the first uh, words that Jesus uttered after he rose again from the dead, um, this is when he was on um, the road to Emmaus, or what he said, excuse me, right after he rose again from the dead. This is uh, Luke twenty four twenty seven. reads this. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Uh, Jesus was talking to two guys on the road to Emmaus, and here's what he's saying. All of history has climaxed with me. And let me explain to you, there there are certain things that happen in the Old Testament, uh, like a flood. I mean, uh, like the Tower of Babel, like giants that uh, you might have had to fight Goliath, or being thrown into uh, the lion's den, uh, dealing with a powerful army, Uh, evil kings or or a famine and Jesus is saying look in all of that in all those times of uncertainty all of it all of history was moving towards me I am the sovereign one I am the point and whatever you're dealing with or whatever you read about that seemed ominous you know what it all was about me and my glory and with that as the context this morning Uh, You know, as it says, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, I just want to answer three questions. Um, But I want to start by reading an excerpt from the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, These are the words of Moses as Moses was handing the baton to Joshua. Here's what Moses says as the Israelites were about ready to take Canaan, they were to go into the promised land. Tons of uncertainty, they had no idea. Uh, what, uh, what it would be like to fight these Canaanites. Here's what, here's what Moses uh, wrote in Deuteronomy. Uh, this is chapter 31, 1 through 8. Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I am now 120 years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, You shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord said. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. And as we, we learned last week, do not be afraid, as Jesus said in the New Testament, or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. 
Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So I ask you, because of this virus, because of the situation that we are in um, today, do you consider yourself to be a victim of these circumstances? I mean, think about it. Are you really a victim of the circumstances uh, do you, do you consider yourself and the uncertainty that's coming to be so big that you would literally say, you know what, I'm a victim to this? You know, when you think about uncertainty, I think many times it, it rattles us. In fact, in Holland, there was a study done. And the study uh, was an experiment in which they told one group of people, hey, you're going to receive 20 really strong shocks. So they just knew straight up, you're going to receive 20 strong shocks. And then there was a second group. This second group, uh, they told, you're only going to receive three shocks and you are going to receive uh, 17 mild ones. Um, But these mild ones, or these three really strong shocks, will be random. You will have no idea when they're coming. And as they begin to study these two groups, you know what? The second group, they said, perspired more. The second group had faster heart rates than the first it was what it was the uncertainty that caused uh, their their discomfort it wasn't the intensity of the shocks it's our uncertainty of what's coming next week or next month is it really the sickness that we're scared of or dealing with that as it comes upon us or is it what the uncertainty where we get um we get wrapped around the axle because we're so, we're so fearful. God will give us uh, and, and will allow certain things to happen all the time. I mean, this is from the book of Hosea. So remember, Jesus said, beginning with Moses and, and talking about the prophets, all of, all of the history of the Old Testament climaxed uh, with me. Here's a prophet. Hosea, the, the prophet Hosea, um, he writes in, in 3, 3 through 5. Now, uh, let me just give you a little bit of context. Hosea was supposed to marry Gomer, who actually was a prostitute. And she was adulterous. She would, um, she would go and have affairs. And God still said, no matter how many affairs she has on you, Hosea, I want you to always stay with her. And so Hosea comes back to, uh, back to Gomer and he says, then I told her, You are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any man. And I, Hosea, will behave the same way towards you. For the Israelites will live many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred stones, without ephod or household gods. Afterward, the Israelites will return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They will come trembling to the Lord and to his blessing in the last days. God's sovereignty sometimes includes what? In the case of Hosea, um, you're going to have to deal with betrayal. In fact, you're going to be humiliated. It it might even include that. 
Because here's what we know. Life is not simple as we are figuring it out right now. I mean, what does it mean to, to get a gallon of milk, uh, a roll of toilet paper, um, any type of meat to, 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 uh, to grill? Um, it was, it's, it's been hard to find. And life is not simple. And so we look and you, and you read Hebrews 11, which is kind of this hall of, uh, the, the hall of faith. And these are men and women who what? They succeeded in their faith despite adversity, what we're going through right now. And you, you may say, well, look at the way their story ended. Look, look, at, look at what happened. By faith, Moses. By faith, whoever. Um, Abel. But you know what? They didn't know how their story was going to turn out. I don't know why I was looking over here because there's no one over there. I'm looking over here. <laughs> Sorry, that was weird. Um, I'm just, just, just doing these things because I'm a pastor and I'm supposed to. Um, so they didn't, and, and they didn't know how their story was going to turn out and you don't either. And I don't either. But here's what they did know. They, they understood that God knew how everything was going to turn out. And it made perfect sense to them as far as his control and his sovereignty. And so when I think of all these unforeseen circumstances, shoot, we don't know what's coming next week. We don't know what's coming next month. We don't know if our kids are going to go back to school. You don't know if you are going to have a job. We don't know how is the church going to do. I mean, what's going to happen to the preschool? What's going to happen to whatever? All these unforeseen circumstances. And we can say that, you know what, because uh, God is sovereign, uh, everything ultimately will be okay. Why? Because the same God that ruled over Moses and Hosea and Isaiah and Amos and Obadiah and Jesus and Paul is the same God that rules over us. He rules over the economy. And so you will always deal with what? The world, a broken world, our own sinful flesh, and the devil will always. But here's what he gives us. He gives us the power through his spirit to what? To endure. Because the longer we push the limits in trusting God, the stronger our faith will become. We become ready for greater service, for expanded ministry. We become strong and steadfast in ways we never thought possible. Because as we trust him, he knows the pace that you're supposed to run at. If he is needing you to run a six-minute mile, and he's saying, hey, we can't just continue to run nine-minute miles, he's going to push you. He's going he's to bring in circumstances sometimes that you can't control, but it's going to grow you. And so the question um, that, uh, that we're asking is this. Um, are we victim... Are we victims of the circumstances that we are experiencing right now? And here's the answer to that question. As children of a sovereign God, we are never, ever victims of circumstances. We are what? We are called to be vessels for that circumstance. You are never a victim. Because if God is sovereign and in control of all things, He is going to use you. He wants you to be a vessel. Go back to what we read in Deuteronomy. Here's what it said in verse three: The Lord your God, uh, the Lord your God Himself will what will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you. In a wedding, there's a processional. 
Who goes out first? The, the, the maids of honor, right? They go out first before the bride comes. And God is saying, is I've already done the processional. I have gone before you. I know what April has to, has to offer. I know what May has to offer. I know what the Tao is going to do. I know if you um, are going to get this virus or not. I go before you and my plan, um, my plan rules. And so what are we called to do? We're called to trust in the what? In the processional of the Lord. That he goes before us. All right. So, so that answers that question. But the second question is this. Does God bring us adversity then? Did God bring us this adversity, Frank? I mean, so how, how do we understand that? How are we supposed to understand this virus? Is, did God bring the coronavirus to us? Did he allow it to happen? Well, the end of, of Moses' first book, uh, Genesis, is the story of Joseph that many of you know. And I just want to read a three, verse, uh, uh, three verses from uh, chapter 39. And this is where Joseph has just been accused of, uh, of sexually assaulting Potiphar's wife. And uh, he is being thrown in prison after actually having a lot of success, even though he was betrayed by his brothers. Here's what happens to Joseph. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison. The place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. What does this illustrate? Jesus is saying, look, I've worked all this time. And in the story of Joseph, you know what I did? I, I sometimes grant permission for what? For adversity to enter into your lives, Westtown. Yeah, I've granted permission, though I am Lord over all viruses, I've allowed this to happen. Why? So that what? Ultimate good can be accomplished. We have to recognize that. When we understand um, the story of Joseph, when you understand his entire uh, journey and how many times he was betrayed and ultimately leads us to what in the story of Joseph? We see all these different betrayals and he's actually interpreting dreams, but it isn't until the very end when you realize, oh my goodness, there was a famine and Joseph needed to be literally the vice president of Egypt so that what? He could bring his family down because what do we know is coming through the family of Joseph? Jesus. The line has to be saved. The line of Abraham has to be saved. And God, through his providence and his sovereignty, decided what? He said, you know, Joseph, um, I'm going to plan this famine, but then I'm going to have you bring this, uh, your family down, and you will actually have had stored up all this food, and, and you're going to save the family line. You were thrown into a pit, but I'm actually going to make you the hero. I'm, I'm going I'm to, you, know, you were the favorite, you were the arrogant favorite, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to totally transform your character through this whole journey that you, you didn't know you were going to be the vice president of Egypt. You didn't know you were going to be thrown into a cave. You thought you were going to be wearing a coat of many colors. But God had this divine plan. He never stops being in charge of your life. He's never 
despite how many how many times you look at your phone today and you see the new reports come out he will never lose authority over all circumstance and and all circumstance regarding um you know this virus and so we must realize that occasionally god will permit adversity to enter our lives but here's the point the dark moments of our life will last as long only as long as is necessary for god to what to accomplish his purpose in you do you believe that or are you a victim and are we all victims and and we begin to sulk and begin to feel sorry for ourselves what that does is it shows a lack of faith when i begin to think oh my goodness what's happening to my savings or what's happening to this college fund or or i think well, what's going to happen to our staff or what's whatever and i begin to 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 you know think that okay god you're not in control what do i need to do to to right this ship man i'm showing a, a lack of faith when you're feeling uncertain during these times you don't need to worry because god has brought you this far and he is ultimately going to make you the person that you're called to be. All you need to do is to remember that when Jesus came, he was known as our Emmanuel. And all that means is simply this. God is with you. He's with you right now in your home, sitting in your chair. Chris Troutman, wake up. That's supposed to be funny. Smile a little bit. He's with you. And you know what? Um, though God allows and permits adversity to come in, Ultimately, the plan is to, is to, is to um, make you into the man or woman that he's called you to be. Remember Paul in 2 Timothy. Paul testifies. What? When he stood trial in Rome, here's what he testified. He testified, even though everyone else thought he had been forsaken, here's what he knew. The presence of the Lord is with me. I have not been forsaken. I have not been left. He is with me. And so... Um, does God allow for adversity? Does he bring it to you? Well, he allows for adversity. That's the answer to the question. Last question is this. All right, then. So how can I endure? How can I endure during these hard times? Frank, how, what, what does the scripture say? Um, well, I just want to go to what you know as our benediction. Our benediction is from the prophet Zephaniah, and he just says this, that God is with you, and not only is he with you, but he delights in you. In fact, he delights in you so much, you know what he does? He rejoices over you with singing. How can you um, endure during hard times? Is understanding um, that Christ will never ever be disillusioned with you. No matter how many times you mess up, he will not leave you ever. He rejoices over you. You are what? You are his masterpiece, as it says in the book of Ephesians. And I was listening to, to some sermons uh, this week and just prepped for this. And I'm actually stealing this from, from one, of, um, one of these pastors. But he really gave I, I, what I thought was a good illustration. Because he, in thinking about our situation, he, he, was, he was comparing it to two things. A smoke detector and um, a, a, a thermostat. And he says, for many of us, when you look at the wall in your home, you, 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 know, you probably have both of these on a wall. And he says, you know, 
one is an alarm, and he said one is a control. The smoke detector cannot what? He, it cannot control smoke, but it can alert you to the presence of smoke. But the thermostat, it can't, uh, he, he doesn't only detect the temperature of the room, it controls the temperature by turning on a heater or turning on the air conditioner. I think for some of us, when you pay attention only to your fears, just like you would hear a smoke detector, um, many of us have made this smoke detector our thermostat. And that's all we're using, not recognizing um, that, you know what, maybe I've, I, I'm misusing, right? All I'm doing is, is sounding the alarm when God controls everything. Why am I staring or just listening for this, this smoke detector, this alarm? Many of us are in that state right now, not remembering, you know what? He is in control of the temperature, no matter what. We know, we know that the Bible does not promise us that we will not uh, experience hard times, that we will not experience fear. But the Bible helps us to address those fears by what? By putting them in proper uh, perspective. What are we called to do? We are called to stare at Jesus, to remember that he went before us, right? He went before us, and what did he do? He, any, any struggle that we could possibly have, he completely overcomed it. Overcame it, excuse me. I'm losing my grammar here without anybody in the room. I don't have enough accountability. Um, and and um, the power of Jesus did that. And if you place your faith in him, you overcome the world as well. You overcome anything. We know that the Bible tells us, in fact, in Luke 12, Jesus uh, tells us not to fear. Not to fear man, but to fear God, because God, Jesus is the one who what? Who controls the body. He says, fear God who can destroy both body and soul. Where? In hell. Some fears are greater, I know, than others. Viruses, they're fearsome. Lockdowns, they're fearsome. Economic depressions, they're fearsome. But God, what? God is to be feared above all because he is uh, the author of all things, the authority over all. When we understand that and we understand that we have an author who goes before us, that not only goes before us, but at the very same time is with us and that he will never ever leave us. How can, you, how can that change the next time you look at your phone? How, how can that change the way that you interact now? You've got an opportunity to be with your families right now. How can that change the way you do relationships? How can that change your marriage? I mean, you have an opportunity to spend time maybe with your wife more than you have in a long, long time. As Pauly said, this change has been good for him. Maybe it's been bad for a lot of you, and this morning is what you need to get back on track. Some of you need to hear that. He's come to change you. This does not mean that you will not suffer or feel pain. Jesus did both. But what we can have, what we're called to have, is this eternal perspective to see things. Because here's how Jesus lived. He lived as if his resurrection was a completed fact before it ever came to be. 
He thought it's a completed action. The resurrection has happened. And so you know what? He can do anything. If he's going to defeat death, I, I will. I'll go be tempted by, by Satan. I'll, I'll be whipped. I'll be, I'll be uh, you know, go ahead, put the crown of thorns on me. Here's what I know. The resurrection is completed. What? If we had that same perspective, but we had it on Revelation 5, and we thought, here's the completed act. Jesus comes back. And you know what the Apostle John says? We get to see Jesus for who he is. Two things. The lion and the lamb. That's the truth. We are going to see Jesus. It's a completed fact. We will see Jesus, and he will be both lion and lamb. And that will literally change the world. So if you know that, you know what? Lose Lose your job. No fear, because I have a mission here. I have a job with the Lord. You, you take all my money away. You, you, I don't have anything in my bank account. Here's what the scripture says. You have a mansion waiting for you in heaven. He has gone before you to prepare a place for you. You lose your family. Here's what he says. You are a son or you're a daughter of the king. You shall not fear. Where are you? What if we had this perspective that our sovereign God is good? And yes, he allows for adversity, but he allows for it to change us, ultimately to be his ambassadors to change the world. I think if we look at this through the lens of Scripture, if we can look at our situation, and no doubt it's been hard. Some of you have emailed, I've talked to some of you on the phone, and, and a number of us are going through a hard time maybe in ways you never thought possible. Um, but here's what we know, is that the Word of God uh, and the truth of the Word of God and the power of the Word of God is greater than anything that we're experiencing right now. So where are you? Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being with us this morning. Um, I'm going to pray right now, and then we're going to sing one more song, and I'll give the benediction. Um, I would covet your prayers as we uh, enter into this different uh, season of ministry um, that God would show us how to best minister uh, to, to you, uh, how to best be a resource for, uh, for this community. So thank you for, uh, for tuning in or for clicking on uh, Facebook and, and for being with us uh, to worship.